Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Rob McAdam, the Vice President of Product at BusyLamp, a legal operations platform for spend, matter, and document management and the host of the Legal Tech Arcade podcast. Hi, Rob. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Ari. Oh, I'm glad to have you, and I look forward to our conversation. So tell us about your background and your role at BusyLamp. My background originally was as a lawyer. So I was a corporate lawyer doing M&A, private equity work. I was finding it tough. It's a big lifestyle commitment. I was always interested in technology and doing things differently and was lucky enough to find my way into an innovation role with a law firm called Pinson Masons in the UK, which was fantastic. It was through doing that role that I got closer to a platform vendor called HiQ in the UK, sold to Thomson Reuters just over a year ago. So I jumped across and joined HiQ in a legal solutions role. And I loved it. I absolutely loved being on the vendor side, working with law firms, working with in-house teams. And it really gave me the bug for working in a vendor, particularly in kind of that product role then I moved on and actually back into a law firm, but in a product role with Ashurst, which was fantastic. So I got to build product within a law firm, which is quite unusual. I'm now at BusyLamp, joined BusyLamp about seven weeks ago. I'm really enjoying it. I'm in there as a VP of product role. So I'm looking after our two key products, which are e-billing space and matter space. But both of those products together really provide and look to optimize and make more efficient the legal operations in corporate legal teams and the way they work. It's been an interesting journey, but I'm loving it. What do you see as the primary differences in what one can accomplish in an innovation role within a law firm versus with a technology company? For me, between the two, there's no difference in appetite. I would say that straight away, which is there's no difference in the motivation, how hungry a law firm is to build product and innovate versus what a legal tech vendor wants to do. But they are very different organizations set up in very different ways. Whereas legal tech vendor is all orientated around the product. It's about building the product. It's about selling the product. And it's about delivering value to customers. Obviously, law firms, they're a services business. So their model is all set up around delivering services and client service delivery. So when you come in and say, I want to build a digital solution, a digital product, it's a whole different ballgame for a law firm. Whereas me in my role, I've got a product team, I interface with engineering, I've got customer success, we've got pre-sales, we've got sales, we've got marketing, product marketing. That's not the case in the law firm. So getting other teams to work in the way that you need to, to deliver product and innovation within a law firm can be quite tough. And so I have a lot of respect for the people working in those roles who can still work in those roles because it really takes a real character to drive change in a law firm. Whereas within a tech vendor, it's slightly set up to deliver that off the bat. What are the product trends that you think in-house legal teams will see as legal technology vendors respond to this reconfigured workplace? What's been really interesting from the pandemic is that everyone is now working from home. If you had to say there's one key trend from the last 12 months is that we are a remote first workforce now. What that's done is it's just forced people to really rapidly adopt collaboration and communication tools. So yes, people were using these things like Zoom and Slack and Teams before, but it was patchy, particularly in professional services and law firms. They were still using conference call details. But companies now have had to really adopt these tools and basically put them in the hands of their workforce who couldn't do their job without them. We've seen that huge increase. What's really interesting from a broad technology trend is that the homeworking has driven this adoption. It's also caused people to be working in different patterns as well. And the technology has enabled that. So it's enabled people to work synchronously. But in terms of how is that going to impact in-house departments? 
You've got a remote workforce that is now using a whole new range of tools within their productivity stack. For in-house teams, that means that they're going to have to work and communicate in new ways with their businesses. So before they might have been just receiving emails and working across telephone calls. Now they're having to potentially have legal service requests coming in through Slack, coming in through Microsoft Teams. So it's not just Outlook. I experienced that recently moving back into a vendor from a law firm. I also think from a, not just an internal collaboration perspective, in-house teams are going to have to find and adopt and adapt to new ways of interacting with outside counsel as well. If everyone's comfortable with video conferencing, instant messaging and collaboration online, that needs to find its way into the relationship between in-house teams and their law firms as well. That'll be a really big impact. We'll see a real drive forward in that area as well. We might also see potentially clients, organizations and their panel firms collaborating, maybe identifying an established tech stack between them to smooth out the cracks and enable digital collaboration more smoothly. There are lots of other challenges, I think, and the impacts for the in-house teams around data and aggregating data across all these tools, making access to know-how more accessible because you can't walk down the hall and just ask someone a question. You need to access data and knowledge in different ways when you're working remotely as well. The move to remote, the move to collaboration and communication tools is really going to equally have a a huge impact on in-house teams as well. What does this shifting productivity landscape mean for legal tech vendors? This is where I think it's going to get really interesting. So you've kind of seen a bit of a battle of the platforms in recent years in different ways. You've had some of the more established productivity platforms like Teams and Slack trying to really establish themselves across a range of different industries and organizations. You've also had a bit of a battle of a platform from a legal tech perspective with a lot of vendors trying to build out their platforms and making big platforms that can support a lot of legal service delivery and working within legal, both corporate and law firms. That's why we've seen a lot of consolidation in the legal tech space as the likes of Tom and Reuters, for example, tries to build that platform. But I think this now means what the pandemic means and what the move to remote means is that actually that argument's been settled. There is now an established stack that most people are using to collaborate. The platform and the productivity stack is becoming more and more established. So legal tech vendors are now going to have to look at how they work with that. It's going to become less about building that one legal tech platform to rule them all. And it's actually going to be, how can we work within Microsoft Teams, for example, to still deliver value, deliver the tools that we know that we've got that are valuable for our customers within the place that they work? That's the challenge. It's not all going to be about driving users to the vendor's platform. It's actually going to be about offering alternatives, having a platform there if you need it, but also being interoperable and embedding functionality in those collaboration and productivity tools where people like to work. How is BusyLamp addressing this need for interoperability? We've got two products. We've got e-billing space for e-billing and spend management. We've got Matterspace, which is our new product for matter and document management. We are taking an API-first development approach. So API being that set of definitions or protocols for building and integrating software. APIs are important because it allows us to share data between systems as well. By taking that API-first approach, we're really thinking about how we can simplify and expand how our products can connect with other systems. We've attacked it from an API-first approach. We're then building our Matterspace tool using the API we created, but that API is there. So we can now not only build out Matterspace, but it's there as an open API for us to integrate with other tools, for us to allow people to build apps or plugins, et cetera, on top of our platform as well. This was all done actually before the pandemic because we saw the trends. It really allows us to build a top-notch quality platform of our own Matterspace, but also mean that where our customers need to integrate, need to plug it in elsewhere, the API is there to make that possible. 
Number two is still to have that Matterspace platform in existence. It's not all about breaking platforms down and just moving to the plug-in add-on model. I think it's about having the alternative. So we've got that one-stop shop platform there as well. But what we're really focused on is the out-of-the-box integrations as well. With Matterspace, for example, we are integrating with Microsoft Teams so that you can kind of sync documents. We're aiming to have legal service requests through Microsoft Teams as well manipulating and working with emails and attachments and things between Matterspace and Office and Outlook, opening documents in the Office suite and saving them, working on them, sharing them, et cetera. Then finally, it's about integration between our own tools. So e-billing space and Matterspace. We want to make sure that we've got that ecosystem there. So it's not just about plugging in, say, Matterspace to your productivity stack, but you can also plug in Matterspace and e-billing space. And those two systems are talking to each other and you're centralizing data, which is going to become a big, big challenge going forward in the new remote working. What other legal technology trends do you think will emerge from the pandemic? Whilst I think a lot of lawyers, both in-house and private practice, have moved to the video conferencing instant messaging model, I don't think they've really adopted project management tools. And I think that's going to be a trend. Sadly, employee monitoring, we'll see a bit of an increase there as well. On the whole, everyone's been more productive in lockdown. That's certainly what the research says. But a lot of employers want to make sure that their people are being productive, but also that their people are okay, because there's a lot of techno stress. People are struggling working remotely as well. What we've seen is that organizations are now comfortable with the remote workforce. So potentially we'll see a growth in outsourcing and freelance work and lawyers on demand, for example. We'll see a bit of a growth in those platforms that support sourcing of freelance legal support, whether that's paralegals or up to more senior lawyers as well. Finally, another trend I'd say is about the knowledge access. This is going to be a real challenge for people working at home is how do they access knowledge when they need it, when they're not working in an office, in a team. And I think that's where some of the AI tools will come into their own now, actually, to simplify knowledge delivery, connect structured data, help keep knowledge up to date, put it in context, et cetera. I think search will become more important. It's not an exciting word sometimes, search, but I think it's going to be critical for a remote workforce. We'll see the rise of tools that centralize data across different systems as well, which will be important for that search. Then the growth of things like chatbots and decision automation, because while search returns results, it doesn't necessarily deliver answers, but those chatbots and decision automation tools can. They're just some things that thinking recently, I can see that being some areas that grow over the next few months. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Rob McAdam, the Vice President of Product at BusyLamp, a legal operations platform for spend, matter, and document management, and the host of the Legal Tech Arcade podcast. Rob, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.